Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. Because right there we see before the throne this lamb as it had been slain holding this. And let's go on really quick here. He says, Then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals? And that's a wonderful question. And the question is very significant. Who has the right credentials to open these seals? Only God has the credentials. Only he has the right out of creation and redemption. He has the power to fulfill this program because he knows all things. Welcome to today's edition of Truth in Christ Radio. Today, as the scripture says, a strong angel issued a challenge to all creation. Who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals? This is a challenge no creature can answer because no creature is worthy to open this particular scroll. John could not have said it any stronger. It was as if the strong angel looked through the entire universe to find someone worthy and didn't find anyone worthy to even look at the scroll. Now let's open our Bibles to the book of Revelation, chapter 5, as Pastor Rob continues our study. Man, who I want to have fellowship with, right? But then God saw everything that he had made, Genesis one thirty one, and indeed it says it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Because he created it, it was his will. What does it say in Psalm 115, verse 3? But God is in heaven, and he does whatever he pleases. It is his will. Psalm 135, verse 5. For I know that the Lord is great, and our Lord is above all gods. Whatever the Lord pleases, he does in heaven and in earth, in the seas and in the deep places. Tell me who made this comment. I'm going to read it to you. Tell me if you know. And this is just a fun thing. But tell me if you know who said this. I bless the Most High and praised and honored Him who lives forever. For His dominion is an everlasting dominion, and His kingdom is from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. He does according to His will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. No one can restrain His hand or say to Him, What have you done? Who said it? Nebuchadnezzar. That's it. Nebuchadnezzar, this pagan king who actually came against Jerusalem, sacked it for, for what was it, for, for 20 years, he brought them into captivity and besieged Jerusalem until finally in 586, he says, enough's enough. He goes and he levels the whole thing. It wasn't until afterwards, by the influence certainly of Daniel, who was one of those captives, Nebuchadnezzar, 
There's a, there's a long, long history here, but at the end, Nebuchadnezzar comes to realize that he is not the king of kings. God is the king of kings. He came to his senses, finally. This pagan king, whom the Bible has a lot of ink about, guess where he is, I believe. I believe he's in glory. One day you're going to see the nebulous one. You're going to see Nebuchadnezzar. I believe that. Verse 5, or chapter 5, excuse me. We'll just look at the first seven verses. It says, And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside and on the back. Again, we're in the heavenly scene now. And so we're seeing the throne room. We're seeing God the Father. You know, notice his visage is not really described. They describe in colors and, and lightnings and thunders. The only one who they can physically see of the Godhead is Jesus. We'll see him as the lamb at who had been slain. But notice, I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And the right hand, again, speaks of power and authority. And normally a scroll would only be written on one side, and you understand why that would be. Because if you're writing on ink, on vellum or parchment, you don't want it to be bleeding through on the other side and flipping it over and writing. But there was so much that was going to happen on the earth, the judgments that were about ready to be released on the earth, and even perhaps the justification for such. Do you understand that God just doesn't judge just because he's angry? Just because he feels like doing it? No, there is a justification for everything. There's consequences for sin. And there's coming a time when the church after the church is removed that all hell is going to break loose on this earth. And remember, that time of great tribulation, which we're going to be looking at in the next chapter, in chapter 6, beginning, these scrolls, the seven-sealed scroll, as Jesus takes the scroll, the 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 the... the the seal off of each scroll is going to unleash a judgment upon the earth. And do you understand how quickly those things are going to happen on the earth? Think about what we just experienced with COVID-19. That's nothing. It's nothing. I don't know how many times you'd have to amp that up, but it's going to happen. There's going to be things, pestilences, there's going to be things happening, and there's going to be a small little reprieve, and then there's going to be another wave, and then another wave, and then another wave. What did Jesus say about this? He says, Jesus speaking to his disciples on the Mount, uh, on the Mount of Olives, what did he say to them? For then there will be great tribulation, such has not been seen since the beginning of this time, or since the beginning of the world until this time, nor, nor ever shall be. And unless those days should be shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. So Jesus is saying this tribulation period is going to be so awful that unless he came back to interrupt it, and we read about that in, Je- in Revelation 19, verse 11, if he did not come back, there'd be nobody left. That's what's coming. Aren't you glad to be in Christ? You know, it's a funny thing. I don't, some people need that. For me, I needed to be, I needed to be frightened. That's just me. Some people come to the Lord very easily. You know, you can tell them that they're, you know, they've sinned against God and that God forgives them if they believe in Christ. And, and that's all it takes. But for me, I needed to be dangled over hell. (laughs) I needed somebody to say, you know, to dangle me over the fire of hell and say, this is what you deserve, Rob. This is ultimately where you're going if you don't turn from your trajectory. And at that point, I'm like, I'll change. Fear. But then after the fear came a great love. It's okay. 
In Matthew 3, verse 7, Jesus told the Sadducees and the Pharisees, he says, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Even Jesus spoke of wrath to come, of judgment. And as he's beginning to unloose these seals on this seven-sealed scroll, each one is going to unleash a wrath of God upon the earth. It's going to be directed from God to those on the earth after the church is removed. Do you understand? It's not necessarily persecution, although there will be persecution for those, that remnant of Israel, and certainly those who give their heart to Christ during the Great Tribulation period. It's going to be very difficult, but it's a judgment of God. Romans chapter 5, verse 8 and 9 Paul says, much more than being justified by the blood of Christ, we shall be saved from wrath through him. In 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 10, it says, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. Do you get the point that we are going to be delivered from the wrath to come? 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 9, for God did not appoint us to wrath but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. And then we get to the scrolls. You know, he, uh, the, the scroll is written inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And this was even, and, and these things that are coming upon the earth were even prophesied before the flood. What does it tell us in Jude? In Jude's letter, Jesus' half-brother Jude wrote a letter. It's right before the book of Revelation. And what did he say? He says, Now Enoch, the seventh from Adam prophesied about these men also, speaking of ungodly men, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints. To do what? To execute judgment on all. To convict all who are ungodly among them for all of their ungodly deeds which they have committed in an ungodly way and of all and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. And this was written before the flood judgment. Enoch prophesied of the second coming. He prophesied of the tribulation period culminating with the second coming of Christ to the earth with us, with the saints. That sounds like a pretty good deal. I'm glad I'm not going through it. I'm glad I'm coming back with him. And he's doing all the work. Because we don't need to. He's strong enough. He's able. Just with the breath of his mouth. As when he said, let there be light, and there was light. Let there be fountains of waters. Let there be plants and animals. Let the earth bring forth all beasts after its kind. Let the sea bring forth everything after its own kind. Just as he said that with the breath of his mouth, he can say, you are no longer. You are no longer. He can speak with the breath of his mouth and enemies are destroyed. When he comes back in his second coming, that's what's happening. That's what's happening. But God is just. What does it say in Revelation 16? Remember this. God is just. We don't like it sometimes. We don't like talking about this. It's important though. Because what's about to happen, Jesus has it in his hands. He has the plans. And he's about ready to unleash it. But when he does, he's going to be justified. What does it say in Revelation 6, verse 4 through 7? It says, Then the angel, and this is in the, it, well into the tribulation period, during the last seven uh, plagues upon the earth, Then the third angel poured out his bowl on the rivers and springs of water, and they became blood. And I heard the angel of the water saying, Notice what this angel says. 
He says, you are righteous, O Lord, the one who is and who was and is to be, because you have judged these things. For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and you have given them blood to drink, for it is their just due. The angels are saying, holy and just are you for pouring out your wrath upon this world. Do you understand that? Nobody likes to talk about that. But even the angels say, They are worthy to receive these things. And I heard another from the altar saying, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are your judgments. That means everything he said, everything he's going to do is righteous. It's just. And I'm so glad I'm not the judge. I'm so glad that Jesus is the judge. But how important it is for them to for us to have this vision of heaven right now. Because right there we see before the throne this lamb as it had been slain holding this. And let's go on really quick here. He says, Then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals? And that's a wonderful question. And the question is very significant. Who has the right credentials to open these seals? Only God has the credentials. Only he has the right out of creation and redemption. He has the power to fulfill this program because he knows all things. He knows all things. And no one in heaven, verse 3, or on earth, notice, or under the earth, was able to open the scroll or to look at it. So we see these three designations. Do you understand this? There was no one in heaven, there's no one on the earth, and there's no one under the earth, which really speaks of the dead who have been buried and those who are the wicked dead that are in hell. That's what it speaks of. No one in heaven, no one on earth, and no one in under the earth was able. And notice he said, verse 4, and I wept much. This word, it's kleio, and basically what it means is he wept aloud. It was a convulsive weeping. It wasn't just like a tear coming out of his eye. No, there was no one worthy in heaven, on the earth, or under the earth, and he wept much. He wept. It was a serious weeping. He wept aloud like when you love somebody greatly and they die unexpectedly and you're just overcome. That's what John was. But notice, but one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, he has prevailed to open the scroll and to loosen its seven seals. Jesus, because he is the Redeemer. Because he is God Almighty, he has the right and he has the power. And we know that the lion of the tribe of Judah, Judah is the ensign of, or the banner of Judah was a lion. And who, who came through the tribe of Judah? Jesus. Remember, David came through the lion, came through the tribe of Judah, and so did Jesus. And you can look at Genesis chapter 49 where Jacob is prophesying over his sons and he prophesies over Judah. And he said, Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, you have gone up. And the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh comes. Shiloh is none other than Jesus Christ. In Isaiah chapter 11, he's also, he came from Jesse. And 700 years before Jesse was even born, Actually, I'm sorry, it would be, um, actually, uh, let me just say this. Isaiah said, there shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, because Jesse was obviously already born and had passed away. There shall come forth a rod and a, from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots, meaning out of the stump, out of the progeny of, of, of Jesse, would come forth this one, 
who would rule all things. And it, again, it speaks of Jesus being uh, from Jesse through David. You know the lineage when you look at Matthew and you look at Luke. You can see that Jesus was a descendant from the tribe of Judah, of which David also was. In the very last chapter of Revelation, Jesus says this, I, Jesus, I've sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. And notice what he says. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. came from David. He's a lion. You know, Jesus is this, we see Jesus as being this wonderful picture type of the Passover lamb. You know, when Jesus came the first time, he was this meek lamb who took the sin of the world upon his shoulders and died very humbly. But when he comes back, when Jesus comes back, a whole different story. He's coming back as the lion of the tribe of Judah, exacting vengeance. Nobody likes to think about God and vengeance. But he is. He's all those things. Because he's a good God. Then he came and he took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. So Jesus goes up. Oh, I, I missed something here. Let me, uh, in verse 6 here. And I looked and behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent, into all, sent out into all the earth. And, and Jesus, you know, for eternity, he's going to bear the marks of his suffering for you and I. He always will. We will always look at him, and those scars will never go away. They'll never go away. And then he came, and he took the scroll out of the hand, the right hand of him who sat on the throne. He goes up to his father, and he reaches out his hand, and the father gladly gives him the scroll. He says, Son, you are worthy. You are worthy, Almighty God. Almighty God is speaking to Almighty God. Son, you are worthy to unloose the seals. You're the only one. And you will be just and righteous when you do. Jesus' victory over sin and death gives him the right. And it's, it's fitting that Jesus is opening this scroll and judgment is being meted out by him because it is he who the world has rejected. It is he who has been removed from the classrooms and the universities, except for those faithful teachers and professors who are lights and Christians and able to share when they can. Praise the Lord for them. But overall, the, Jesus has been removed, no longer welcome. And it is Jesus whom the American Civil Liberties Union would love to crucify if he was still here on this earth. They would crucify him again. It is Jesus whom the LGBTQ would run out of town and they'd burn his house down if he were present. And it is Jesus whom they will face face-to-face, in judgment, and all who reject him unless they repent. Right? Repentance is a big deal. God is good. God is good. Let me finish with a, a verse. It's in Daniel, chapter 7, verse 13. Daniel, writing this prophecy, a captive in Babylon, he prophesies of what's coming and I love what he said. He says, I was watching in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the Ancient of Days, who is God the Father. And they brought him near before him, and then to him was given dominion and glory 
and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom the one which shall not be destroyed. Jesus is sovereign and he's omnipotent. Isn't that a blessing? And so the scene in heaven, as we, when we get together next week, we'll look at the remaining chapter of chapter 5 before it all starts to come down. And again, we're getting a preview, aren't we? The people during that time will be able to, I can imagine the horror of that. I mean, think of it. The rapture occurs and a person is left, or there's going to be a lot of people left. And somebody finds a Bible, perhaps from a daughter who tried to get their mother to receive Christ. And the mother's going to open up their daughter's Bible in tears. And there's going to be a little footnote beginning in chapter 6. These are the next things that are coming. And for the mother to watch, and she can literally watch. Families can watch and see what's coming. They'll, they'll know what's coming and the order it's coming. And yet they'll have an opportunity. It's going to be very, very, very difficult. The Bible says there's going to be such a great deception. So how, how important it is for us now in this time of peace, relative peace, to receive Christ. If you haven't received Christ today, please make that decision. Because the Lord wants you to be with him. He knows what your yearnings are really all about. He knows that you really long to be with him. Everybody wants to go to heaven, don't they? But Sometimes we don't want to give up our sin. We don't want to give up our right to dominate ourselves and do what we want and what we think is best. Tell me, i I got to be honest, the greatest joy in my life has been the more I give up of myself, the more I give up of my own will, the greater joy I have and the greater he can do things through my life and your life. It's, it's, it's almost unfair that I get to be blessed and, you know, if we just let go, take our hands off the steering wheel. Lord, you drive. <laughs> Sounds like a Toby Mac song. I don't want to be a backseat driver. Let's stand and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for what you mean to us, God. We thank you, God, that you are in the heavens. And Lord, we thank you that you've showed us these things to come. Lord, not to scare us, not to, not to break our hearts. Uh, if nothing else, Lord, you've, you've shown us these things to uh, enable us, to provoke us even, to, in love, reach out to family and friends and to those who don't know you, God. That is, if, if that's all that this is really uh, the catalyst for in our own life, because we know we're not going to go through these things coming, then so be it, Lord. May it be the thing that just churns in our heart and, 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 doesn't, and, and doesn't cause us to be quiet about this. Lord, help us. Help us to be vocal about our faith. Help us to be vocal about Jesus. So, Father, we commit ourselves into your hand. And we look forward to, even though these... These next chapters are going to be difficult, Lord. We, may they inspire us to share with others, to get us out of our comfort zones. And again, Lord, for anyone that doesn't know you, Lord, may you touch their heart right now. And may after we close here and I say amen, 
May they find a quiet spot somewhere in their house, somewhere in their car, somewhere out in a field and just get it right. Get it right with you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. 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 God bless you. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our journey through the book of Revelation. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.